ADP isn't just in the payroll business. We're in the people business. Helping companies find them, train them, and empower them. By clearing the way for them to do their best work. Because when your people thrive, your business thrives with them. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. So you and your company can achieve what you're working for. Learn more at design.adp.com. Your home buying education on the house. Your neighborhood insights on the house. Answers to your calling questions on the house. This is On the House, brought to you by Primary Residential Mortgage. Now, here's your host of On the House, Harry Christ. Good morning, Puget Sound. Welcome, and uh, wow, what a big weekend it's going to be with the Seahawks. I am so excited for this game. Let's go, (laughs) Hawks. Let's get it done today. So we know you're out there waiting around for the game, so like you to listen into the show and relax and uh, have a cup of coffee and uh, give us a call if you have any questions. We're going to be focusing on financial planning today. And also, obviously, we're going to give you some tips on the mortgage market, kind of what's heating up and what's slowing down. We're going to talk a little bit about construction and what's what's happening in the Puget Sound area. And then we're going to look at our crane count. And that's just the beginning uh, 10, 15 minutes. After that, we're going to deep dive into some financial planning and exciting things for you to take a look at if you're thinking about or maybe making a purchase or a refinance or if you just need some good financial planning assistance, then uh, we welcome you to listen to the show and give us a call. Again, the number to the show is 206, excuse me, no, I'll give you the direct line, 888-973-CAIRO. So again, 888-973-5476, and you can uh, give us a call at the station where we have two amazing financial planners in-house today. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce two of our guests. Uh, these two guests have been instrumental in helping their clients out with some financial planning and have been uh, really helpful to, I think, for us as mortgage folks to help you know bounce ideas off about financial planning and stuff. So uh, I'd like to introduce uh, two gentlemen from Ameriprise and uh, Jeff Mushin. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Harry. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, buddy. Your voice sounds good on the radio. Oh, thank you. And of course, Clint Campbell with the Prize as well. Welcome. Hey. Good morning, Harry. Good morning. Okay, you guys both sound good. I also have my uh, co-host here, Kyle Burquist. Here Kyle, I am. it's good I to see it. you. You made it. Let's You're go. good. I'm excited, Harry. You're excited. Great show today. We do have a great show today. So thanks again. Again, uh, folks, the number of the show is triple eight nine seven three K I R O. So, uh, we're going to go, hang on one second. Breaking news. Delivered right to your door. It's Harry's Headlines. What do we got, Harry? We have some uh, headlines with regards to home prices in Seattle. And uh, there's a fantastic um, writer with the Seattle Times, Catherine uh, Long. And she had uh, mentioned some comments about home prices and how you know, what was happening. So she she had written an article that said home prices in the Seattle area rose compared to, uh, to last year for the second month in a row by 1.7%. So question to you, Kyle, you know, is that a streak or is it not? So we'll take a look at that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's probably, I, I mean, I guess it's a streak with a, a few months of positive appreciation growth, which is you know, Aaron on the right side of the scale, right? Right. Uh, and we did have for a while there in late 2018, early 2019, we had some uh, negative appreciation growth, right? Uh, but also in the in the article, I think since 2014, Seattle as a whole, the entire metropolitan area is up uh, just a little over 49%. So even though it's uh, kind of flatlined a little bit over the last year and a half or so, uh, overall in the last five years it's done it's done pretty well so it's nice to see seattle kind of get back on track and and things appreciating a little bit here. yeah the seattle puget sound area is kind of where we focus but uh you know the show is related to the puget sound area right so if you're in tacoma if you're in uh port townsend or if you're in you know uh, medina or bellevue or whatever it doesn't matter where you're at if you have a question, uh, talk about real estate and kind of the mortgage and financial planning today, give us a call today. We'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, so the markets are definitely interesting, right? It's been an interesting few months. I think a lot of people over, you know, November, December start slowing things down, I guess. So we talked a little bit about that last, yeah, uh, it, it, you know. 
kind of the in, in real estate they call it uh, winter cleanup time, right? Winter cleanup, yeah. Winter cleanup. There's not a lot of sellers uh, selling as the days get shorter, the weather gets worse, the it gets a little colder, right? It's not uh, school has started. If you have kids, you're going into the holidays. As a seller, you're not exactly jumping at the bit to uh, list your home and 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 move the family, right? But buyers, man, they'll buy all the time. So you have this uh, kind of period in time where you have a lot of or not very many sellers, but you have a lot of buyers, and so inventory starts to fall and fall and fall, and it just it sort of sets the stage for what's going to happen in 2020, and and uh, we're starting to see as inventory falls, housing prices rise a little bit. And just to go back a little bit on sure. the Seattle Times, that's Case Schiller. That's not Seattle-specific. That is the entire Puget Sound area, the, mm-hmm. the entire uh, MSA, right? Right. We uh, a few weeks ago we had Lennox Scott on with John L. Scott, and he had mentioned that he was expecting uh, the next quarter to be on fire with regards to like you know people that are thinking about listing properties and get them back into the spring. You know they're expecting a pretty robust market. I mean, are you still seeing that in your prognosis as well? Or yeah, I guess I would. We you never know what's going to happen. Right. It's, right. It, all you can see is all the ingredients and what's going into the mixing bowl. And so what I see is interest rates are staying low. Uh, we are uh, we have really strong job growth. Inventory is falling uh, and there's a lot of buyers. There's a lot of buyers that didn't buy in 2018. And so there's there's a big buyer pool that's sort of chomping at the bit. We're also seeing for the first time in a while, rents are starting to rise. Uh, rents rose for the first, or they set their record in October of 2019 per Rent Jungle. Yeah, I was uh, Friday. I list, looked at the job report numbers, and in November, payrolls I, I guess surged by 266,000. Right? They, so yeah, said, nationwide. So. Yeah, non-farm <clears throat> payroll surged 266 in November, better than the 187,000 that they were expecting, and the unemployment rate ticked down to three and a half from 3.6. So. You continue to see that pressure with uh, strong job growth. Um, you know, obviously the payroll numbers were pretty interesting. I wonder how much of those payroll numbers were really for seasonal, you know, yeah, type I, of. You know, folks. this time of year, there's yeah. a lot of seasonal employees. But I mean, dialing it in closer here to uh, Seattle, we've had uh, strong job growth as well with uh, Amazon and all the tech companies moving in. Uh, and so it's just, you know, you look at all the ingredients and it would say with. With low interest rates, you know, given a lot of buyers, uh, high purchasing power, uh, with the job growth and low inventory, it sort of sets the stage for the market to appreciate heading into 2020 here. Yeah, I'd like to get into our second headline here for a quick teaser. We're, we're, uh, Seattle ranks uh, as a national leader in high-rise apartment uh, development, and we kind of read an article about that over there last couple days and kind of been taking a look at that. We, um, we're going to probably take a deep dive into that and really talk about that in our next segment, I would think. Yeah. So twenty since 2010, we've had 26 different high-rise apartment buildings constructed, which is good enough for number four in the country. Uh, Philadelphia had 27, so we were one behind tying number three in the country. Now, for me, when I first read that headline, I was thinking, wow, I could have sworn we've built more than 26 buildings. I know. Look at all the cranes out there. (laughs) There's buildings all over the place. Uh, But, you know, that was only accounted for 9% of all multifamily units constructed since 2010. So if we do the math, that means that we're somewhere around the neighborhood of 288 multifamily construction uh, or, or multifamily units being constructed since 2010. But... But it's starting to fall. The crane count is falling. The we, crane count is falling. Yeah, yeah. we're actually, uh, I forgot where the article is, but I think we're tied, right? We're at tied. This point. We're tied with we're, LA. We're not we're used to tying with California. Or we were it? number one in the nation Los for, Angeles? <laughs> for a few years. Yeah. Uh, just a year and a half ago, we had 65. Then we went down to 55. And now we're at 49, tied with LA. And so. Tied with LA. There it is. So oh, the we never want to tie with LA, by the way. Come on, Seattle. You can do better than Especially that. Especially today, right? No, we're guy. winning today. <laughs> uh, no, so, so we, we're tied. That's so, just not right. Yeah, Don't like that. Construction is falling. Uh, overall, apartment building uh, growth, apartment units are uh, year over year. There's projected to be 19% fewer new apartments hitting the market. And that's what has uh, rents rising a little bit, which if you're a first-time home buyer and your rent starts to rise, your landlord comes to you and says, hey, we're raising it 100 200 bucks." You really start to think, maybe maybe now's the time that I buy a house, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the average was like... Uh Twenty three hundred dollars or something like that for rent on an average number there. 
So uh, we're going to have a lot of exciting things to talk about. That was just our opening segment, folks. Uh, number to the show again is one triple eight nine seven three K I R O. Give us a call. All Pro defensive end Cliff April and PRMI's mortgage advisor Harry Christ. Come on, Harry, faster, faster. Harry, I thought you said you ran a 40 under four seconds. No, I said I posted a 30-year fix under 4%. Then what are we doing out here? I was just trying to tell you it's a good time to buy a house. Primary residential mortgage. Call 206-809-PRMI. NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender. Millions of Americans dream of owning a home. Yeah! Primary Residential Mortgage has already helped a quarter million of those Americans get there with a local team right here in the Puget Sound area and as one of the nation's leading and most established mortgage lenders. PRMI will provide you and your family with an incredible finance program to match your specific needs, helping you to start living that dream. This will be the sitting room. This will be my office. And this will be the... Your dream may be closer than you think. Call Primary Residential Mortgage, 206-809-PRMI. That's 206-809-PRMI. We bought a house, people. Primary Residential Mortgage. Your dreams, right at home. 206-809-PRMI. Primary Residential Mortgage, NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender. A few months ago, my family was facing a crisis. My 88-year-old father needed emergency surgery that would change the way my parents had planned to live out their golden years. He was going to need long-term care, and I was worried it would wipe out their life savings. I called my friend Rajiv Nagayich of Aging Options, and I asked him for help. Rajiv assured us he could help preserve my parents' hard-earned money so we could just focus on my father's health And I'm happy to say my dad is doing so much better and is looking forward to coming home. Rajiv has helped countless families protect their assets and preserve their quality of life. Don't wait until your family is facing a crisis. See Rajiv. Rajiv will be in Northgate this Tuesday from 7 to 9, Wednesday the 11th in DuPont, Thursday the 12th in Silverdale, and Rajiv will be in Redmond Saturday, December 14th at the Hampton Inn and Suites from 2 to 4 p.m. Call 877-76-AGING. That's 877-76-AGING. Or visit agingoptions.com. To soar in the clouds of success starts with the belief that you can. This is All Pro Defensive End Cliff Averill. If you're dreaming of owning a home, start with a call to Primary Residential Mortgage, a proven team that's helped over a quarter million Americans learn to fly. Primary Residential Mortgage. Your dreams right at home. Call 206-809-PRMI. That's 206-809-PRMI at PRMIPugetSound.com. Primary Residential Mortgage, NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender. Get your real estate and mortgage questions answered on the house. Call 844-ON-THE-HOUSE. Now, back to On the House with your host, Harry Christ. Welcome back, Seattle. Welcome back, Puget Sound. Uh, so, uh, number to the show again is 888-973-KIRO. If you haven't heard that number before, which I know you have, you should call in because our next segment, we're going to be talking about financial planning with two of these uh, amazing individuals here. And I'd like to start uh, by talking to Clint. Clint, um, you know, as you prepare people for financial planning, right? And, you know, you go through that process of kind of getting them involved and ready to go. What's what's your typical strategy for most clients? I mean, how do you go about doing that? Uh, it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about financial planning for retirement or education savings, or if we're talking about an estate planning question, um, there, there's a lot of different ways that we can tackle it. Um, are you talking specifically about home buying? Yeah, typically on home buying. Yeah, well, with home buying, we want uh, we want our clients to, uh, to to be cautious about how they value their home and how they incorporate that into their overall financial plan because, uh, you know, we we can have a house for retirement, but uh, when when it comes to actually executing and and uh, sell and and uh, well, you'll always need a place to live in retirement and. 
you know, if you do plan on using your house to fund your retirement, uh, you're going to need to live somewhere, somewhere, and there's costs associated with that. So uh, for our clients, typically, you know, we do IRA or 401k planning, and uh, we want to make sure that they have enough saved up to live the rest of their life once they stop working. And then if at some point we have to tap the house to, you know, supplement their retirement, uh, then we just need to make sure that uh, we don't completely exhaust it all. Yeah, Harry, I'd like to uh, jump, yeah. jump in there as well. This is Jeff with Ameriprise Financial. And I think one thing that a lot of retirees don't really grasp is as they're getting to the final stages of thinking about selling their house, they don't realize how expensive it is to actually rent a suitable house for them. So mm-hmm. oftentimes we find that it's really a good idea to try to stay in the house for as long as possible because oftentimes it's the cheapest on a monthly basis. When you're looking at comparables. Sure. Especially if you're looking 30 years down the road. If you're starting to work with someone who's just getting going, uh, you know, rents now, just for perspective, in 2011, rent in Seattle, the average apartment was 970 bucks, right? And now we're at $2,300. Which so, is basically a, cl- a coat closet for that's, $973. That's eight, that's eight right? years, right? Yeah. So if you're working with people, does that conversation come up earlier in the financial plan or is that later or is that... You know, sort of to Clint's point, it sounded like you kind of talk about financial advising as what's most important to the client and and answering their questions, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I I mean, I think the, again, when you start, I don't think anyone really plans on selling their house to fund like the last few years of retirement. It's not necessarily the the goal, but oftentimes that just becomes the, the reality of the situation. And Kyle, to your point, Rent, rents can continue, uh, can continue to go up for a long period of time and every single year, essentially. When you're looking at your housing cost, most of that is even if you do have a mortgage, the vast majority of the monthly housing costs is, is relatively fixed. Your, your principal and interest don't – that principal and interest payment doesn't change. Taxes and insurance will go up, but that's typically a smaller percentage of the overall monthly payment. Mm-hmm. So when you're advising clients on perhaps purchasing, how do you go about it or how do you look at it differently? Well, I think the first uh, – this is Jeff again. and I, I think the first thing we need to really look at is understanding uh, – helping the client do their due diligence, okay? So what are we looking at for the house that you want to own? What are the what are the non-negotiables? What are the neighborhoods that you want to get? And really trying to get a feel for that, that ideal housing price. And then after we kind of get a general guideline for where we're looking at – then we want to start looking through the budget and 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 kind of creating this 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 profile of, of something that you can comfortably afford while also not just living off of top ramen every single day. Yeah, that kind of gets a little old, right? <laughs> it reminds me of Gonzaga. I mean, when I went to college, I had a full ride scholarship at Gonzaga for my first year. I debated uh, collegiately, and then uh, and then ended up going to Seattle Pacific University with a full ride scholarship. But by but that first year, I was starving. I was eating top ramen every day, but I was going to Gonzaga, which was uh, exciting at the time. Yeah, Clint, talk a little bit about uh, before we get to our next question: mm-hmm. home ownership versus renting. There's a lot of tax deductions that I know as financial advisors, you are are mostly concerned on the asset side of the equation. But there's there's also you could add more assets by limiting debts. And so with buying a house and owning a house, there's a lot of tax deductions that will help uh, as you're advising clients to maybe potentially put some of that money away uh, uh, into the 401k or into retirement. Correct. Right. Right. A lot of clients seem to think that they have to absolutely max out their 401k, you know, and, and that's just a rule of thumb that. You know, a lot of people seem to think you have to do. And really, when you're looking at buying a house and your ability to purchase a house, uh, you really want to do your due diligence and, and forecast out, you know, what kind of lifestyle you want in retirement and then match your 401k contributions today based off of what lifestyle you want in retirement. And so that might actually free up money in order to be able to purchase a house today. Clint, so how do you go about balancing that all out? I know. You know, typically a lot of people do investments and they dump all their money in their 401k and their IRAs and their Ross, and then, you know, they forget about it. And then a year goes by and then they look at it, right? So, I mean, are you guys proactively talking to your clients? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope they don't ever forget about the money that they have. You know, we want to look at it, you know, semi-annually and rebalance, you know, where we need to. Um, We never want to forget, you know, where our money is or, you know, how it's working for us. Uh, So... Yeah, and I'll jump in on that. I think one of the best things that a financial planner can do for their clients is really keep them accountable and educate them on what's going on and what their options are. So to Clint's point with regards to 
putting money into 401ks and just for, sort of forgetting about it, yeah, that's definitely a, a viable solution, but it's not necessarily the right thing for everyone. So getting a customized plan is really a good idea for most most people. Yeah. So when you're taking a look at a client's financial you know, history, basically, and you know their debt to income and things like that, um, so when you see a client with a lot of debt, what do you typically suggest they do at that point in time? Do you, I mean, do you suggest maybe a cash out refi or do you guys look at that or how do you take yeah. that in consideration? Yeah, this is Jeff with Ameriprise again, Jeff Mushin. And I think, you know, looking at the debt, it really depends upon what the debt is, right? If, right. if we're looking at credit card debts and student loans and, and things, well, really credit card debts primarily, that tells me when I'm looking at that at the first time that we that while we do have a debt issue and we do need to get that paid off, realistically, the, the more important thing is figuring out what got us into that situation in the first place. And so I'm really hesitant to start looking at taking out a cash out refinance to pay off credit card debt when we're not actually fixing what the initial problem was. Right. And so creating a spending plan, really diving into how you want your money to spend so you don't get into that issue later on. Now, down the road, absolutely. Look at the debt issues, see what's kind of what the what the balances, the rates are, the monthly payment, and figuring out a constructive way to get that paid off with potentially using a cash out refinance can be a really effective strategy. Yeah. One, I mean, one of the things that we typically do when clients have significant amount of credit card or revolving credit card debt, you know, we tell them to list all of their credit cards with their highest interest rate, right? So some of these can be 26%, 23%, 19%. And then we try to focus that, hey, if you do do a debt consolidation, you're going to have X amount of dollars. You know, we want you to focus on the highest interest rate first and and principally reduce that by accelerating that payment a little bit. So you take your highest interest rate, you focus three to $500 on that debt, and you continue to pay that down over time. So once the first debt is paid off, then you pick up the second uh, payment, you apply more principal reduction to that, and over a period of time... You know, accelerating that principal reduction to the high interest credit cards can be a really life saving thing. Yeah, I Jeff, I love what you said about going to the source of the issue before even fixing the issue. Right. Uh, for us as mortgage loan officers, we just we, like to fix things. We just yeah, we just fix. <laughs> no, we we'll take a look at a, a new loan application and we can say, hey, you have a, a maybe a hundred thousand or you have some equity in your house and interest rates right now they're considerably lower than your credit card or your car loan or whatever, whatever, right? Not only that, but you're also looking at uh, the amortization period. Mm -hmm. When you're refinancing a home, that's 30 years. Most car loans, for example, would be three to five years. Credit cards are oftentimes paid off in three to five years. Uh, That's their amortization period. So just purely the amortization alone can significantly lower, uh, lower a monthly payment and save someone a lot of money. But if you don't fix the heart of the problem, then all of a sudden a few years a few years pass and we're right back in the same position. We hope, you know, that uh, the house is appreciated some more. And we hate, I mean, yeah. I don't just personally, it's like, oh man, you know, we really needed to maybe get involved a financial advisor to kind of help address what's going on here from the onset so that we don't just use this revolving door of like a house credit card almost, right? Right. Yeah, and I would just jump in there. What we saw back in 2018 were in Seattle specifically, some of the housing prices actually going down. It's just another reminder to our clients that housing prices don't always go up. And so while we hope they do, and they typically do over a long period of time, it's not a guarantee when you need to get access to that equity, it's going to be there. The other issue that you see is a lot of clients have equity in their current properties that they can't touch, right? You see that a lot with the new uh, qualified mortgage rules where people just aren't quite qualifying to pull out cash out. Well, so. Yeah, you can't even ca- uh, yeah. you can't go above 80% loan to value. So there's yeah. a big chunk of change in equity that you can't even access. Yeah, so folks, we're going to be talking about a lot more interesting things and some financial planning kind of ideas, tricks, and tips. Uh, Number to the show, again, is 888-973-KIRO. Again, that's 888-973-KIRO, and we'll be right back.
Millions of Americans dream of owning a home. Yeah! Primary Residential Mortgage has already helped a quarter million of those Americans get there with a local team right here in the Puget Sound area and as one of the nation's leading and most established mortgage lenders. PRMI will provide you and your family with an incredible finance program to match your specific needs, helping you to start living that dream. This will be the sitting room. This will be my office. And this will be the... Your dream may be closer than you think. Call Primary Residential Mortgage, 206-809-PRMI. That's 206-809-PRMI. We bought a house, people. Primary Residential Mortgage. Your dreams right at home. 206-809-PRMI. Primary Residential Mortgage, NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender. Get your real estate and mortgage questions answered on the house. Call 844-ON-THE-HOUSE. Now, back to On the House with your host, Harry Christ. The truth is right here. Dazzling display of logic. PRMI's Mortgage Mythbusters. Mortgage Mythbusters. Let's bust some myths. Let's bust some myths. Yeah, Let's what talk. do people believe? What do people we can think? Bust. Yeah, what, if you have a question or you're you're interested in taking a look at uh, something, give us a call. Obviously, at the station, 888-973-KIRO. <clears throat> but I'm going to throw yeah. it to my co-host here with the big uh, Mythbuster question of the day. Here we go. Well, we got a couple financial advisors in the house today, so we thought, uh, what better myth to bust than stock return return? Uh, and returns in the stock market are equal to returns in the housing market. Interesting. Yeah. Let's what do you got? What you do you Jeff? guys think? What do you think? Jeff, Clint, what do you got? Well, uh, this is Jeff Mution from Ameriprise again. And I think at the if you just look at the top line numbers, the stock market has actually done pretty darn well over the last 15 years. Uh, so the U.S. stock market over the last 15 years is up about 9%. We're we are in the longest bull market in history. Is that did I hear that? Yeah, yeah. We uh, it's not. I'm not sure if it's actually in history, but it's been a pretty fun run for a long period of time. And again, just like the housing market in Seattle, nothing lasts forever. Um, now, with that being said, one of the unique things that the housing market really does is it provides you the opportunity to take on leverage. And this is from the standpoint of actually taking out a home mortgage, which can actually significantly alter the headline rate of return that you're going to get. And buying a home and using a mortgage to buy a home is the only leveraged investment a non-qualified investor can make. Ish? Uh, well, you actually can, in a non-qualified investment account, d- uh, take on what's called a margin uh, and actually purchase additional securities. But you're pretty limited to that. So typically, it's around 50% of the value of the investment. Um, and and to, to be frank, not a lot of clients actually end up going down that road. Pretty much only sophisticated investors end up going so t- that route. Tell, tell us what a qualified investor is. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's uh, a qualified investor is someone who basically has a lot of money and the SEC uh, it would perceive them to have some sort of investment knowledge that is greater than the standard. And right. so, therefore, there are less restrictions on that qualified investor because you know, the perception is that they should know what they're doing. Right. When you when you buy stock, you, there's a little box there that you click, right? I mean, they basically are asking you, you know, what's your experience level with, you know, financial uh, – investment vehicles, right? And that's kind of how they figure that out, I guess. Unless you're over X amount of dollars or something, then they just assume that you have that? Or do they have to declare that? Uh, you you have to declare it. And in certain situations, you have to actually have to prove it. But generally speaking, if you're a multimillionaire, they, they just assume, hey, you know, you have enough money. You know what you're doing. We don't, we're not going to put any restrictions on you. So buying a home, buying on margin means that you're borrowing most of the money to actually buy the investment vehicle with, right? So because we're borrowing most of the money to purchase that $750,000 home, I think was the median price, uh, according to the latest Northwest MLS in Seattle, So you're bo- but you're borrowing most of that. So uh, a percentage return in the housing market is not the same as a percentage return in the stock market where you're not borrowing anything. Correct, Clint? Yes, yes, this is Clint. Yeah, that, that's correct, Kyle. So uh, if you're borrowing on margin, then you are going to be able to get a multiple of how much you initially put up, because if you put up, you know, twenty five thousand and you're borrowing a hundred thousand, uh, you're going to be getting way, way, way more. And I think I'm going to because the rate of returns on the hundred thousand. 
Not yeah, just the yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah. if that house appreciates from a hundred to one hundred twenty thousand, then there's twenty thousand there, and you just went up theoretically a hundred percent. But uh, and again, it can also go work against you where if it goes down to eighty thousand from a hundred thousand, then you lose purchase, that much more. There's a there yeah, there's a hundred percent negative rate of return, and you know, we don't like that. <laughs> no, not so much. So buying a home, so it's a it's a leveraged investment. It it, it works itself. You guys deal a lot with uh, retirement plans and in and, and the stock market and bond markets. And so this is uh, part of the overall portfolio where a lot of your uh, clients are able to uh, just kind of build out and round out their portfolio, Jeff. So uh, you put a case study together because we, we're talking a lot, right? Uh, but you put a case study together with real numbers and just how it kind of stacks up. So t- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So th- th- when we're looking at buying a house, and let's just use that seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house as our example here. So, and this is all hypothetical. So, just it's trying to get a point across of the benefits of taking on a mortgage and how it can actually substantially grow your wealth. Which a lot of Americans, the vast majority of the wealth they grow over their lifetime is because of a home purchase. So, in this example, we have the option to either buy a house at seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for cash, or we can buy that same house with putting a twenty percent down payment on that uh, on that loan. So. With a 20% down payment, you're looking at about $150,000. Now, let's just assume that we have an appreciation rate of about 5% on the overall value of the house. So that person that came in with the all-cash offer, their $750,000 grew by $37,000, uh, which is five, you know, 5%. That's pretty darn good. No one's going to be complaining about that. But let's take a look at that person that used a home loan and put uh, that 20% down. What happened in their situation? So their they their overall house still grew by thirty seven thousand dollars because of the five percent growth, but they only put one hundred fifty thousand dollars down. Thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars growth on a hundred fifty thousand dollar investment is a twenty five percent rate of return. So not five percent. So even though the house only appreciated five percent, this person got a, a realized rate of return of twenty five percent. Yeah, not too shabby. Yeah, that's all right. Leveraged leveraged investing, right? And I. You could dial it down. I dialed it down down uh, to 1.7% because that's what the Seattle Times, year over year. Case Schiller has Seattle Metropolitan Market. Uh, that's a grocery store. The Seattle, <laughs> it certainly whatever, is. the MSA for Seattle, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. We're at 1.7%. So 1.7% on that 20% down, uh, that's it, overall an 8.5% rate of return. So even just a fraction, just under 2% still equals 8.5%, which is, what's the stock market returning these days? What do you have? Well, a stock market is having an unusually uh, robust year. So if you're looking at growth stocks specifically, so you think of that would be like an Amazon or a Google, um, you know, they're generally speaking, they're up over 30%. Uh, across the across the uh, the U.S. stock market specifically, we're up about tw- a little over 20% year to date. So it's been a pretty robust year. That is not the long-term expectation. No one should be thinking what's that's going to What's the long-term S&P? Well, again, the past doesn't indicate the future. I can say that at Ameriprise, our, anal- uh, our, our researchers are suggesting for the next 10 years, the, the U.S. stock market will appreciate by about 7.5%. Again, not a guarantee, just a general kind of guideline on what we're using. And most people aren't 100% invested in the stock market. So you start working your way down from that 7.5%. So even a 1.7% is at 8.5% still outpacing the stock market a little bit. Kyle, are you a math major? <laughs> no, I'm not. Kyle's a statis- statistician. I don't know what it is. He's a, you know, he's the cornucopia of knowledge with regards to stats. It's incredible. That's why I love working with him. Hey, uh, folks, uh, number to the show again is one triple eight nine seven three K I R O. You can give us a call. Talk about uh, mortgage planning, talk about some financial planning, whatever you want to talk about, we're here to talk about. I want to get back to uh, a question that we kind of missed the last segment, Okay, which is about reverse mortgages. Yeah, reverse mortgages. I mean, um, yeah, there's a lot of amazing things that have happened in the reverse mortgage. Real quick, rundown on a reverse mortgage. I mean, aging in place is such a huge national topic, right? I mean, folks that are getting older, they're thinking about, you know, what their next steps are. And with regards to financial planning, a reverse mortgage can actually help a client age in place. Uh, You know, sometimes they have the ability to have no mortgage payment whatsoever. You can do a cash out uh, on a reverse. You can take uh, and get a little monthly check every single month. But 
again, if you're going to consider a reverse, not only do you have to go through a training, but you also want to have a good financial planner in place, right? So you can talk about the different options and, you know, what the client's aging in place goals are. A lot of folks that use reverse mortgages are actually utilizing them to become a step-up buyer or a step-down buyer. Those type of things happen too. There's a reverse for purchase that you can do. Uh, and most of those, you know, the product has changed considerably. Uh, now it's an FHA loan, right? And the requirements there are, are pretty significant. But they're, you know, they're, they're a tool that folks can use along with a good financial planner to age in place. And that's kind of like a critical thing. I mean, if uh, there's a client that I have right now, um, the gentleman is getting older and he wants to have uh, in-house care, right? And so he's using the, uh, he's using the reverse mortgage to uh, effectively take care of his forever needs with regards to medical yeah. care for the rest of his life. That's, a, that's amazing. I yeah. mean, Clint and Jeff, what do you guys, you guys work a little bit with reverse mortgage or what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, this is Jeff Mushin again with Ameriprise. And, you know, with reverse mortgages, I think it's kind of, um, no one intends to borrow money to live on their lifestyle. So this is the same idea as part, like potentially using a credit card to, to live your life. It's not necessarily the game plan, but to your point, Aging in place is really important. And at the end of the day, when you're looking at building a financial plan, it's not about making every single financial decision you make the most profitable for you. It's about living the best life that you possibly can. Bingo. And so with the reverse mortgage, the things that I look at are, you know, how long do we intend to stay in the home? Oftentimes when people are starting to talk about this, uh, the, their, their health is starting to decline a little bit as we, as we start getting older. And one of the big downsides of reverse mortgages is they're not cheap to get into. And right. so if we're going to be going through down this route, we want to make sure we're doing the due diligence that this is the house that you're living in is going to be a suitable option for a long term. Long well, that, and that's sort of almost why reverse mortgages sort of, in the past they've had they've had a checkered past. But if you're working with honest, ethical loan officer, honest, ethical, if you have your entire team together with financial advisors uh, and, and uh, good mortgage loan originators, you're going to be able to analyze whether or not, you know, a reverse mortgage is not the right decision for everyone, right? No, just like a cash not, yeah. out refinance no. is not the right decision. Just like but, buying a house is well, not the right decision. What you said, Kyle, is so important. You have a good financial planner, right? You have a CPA. Perhaps you have an attorney that handles the affairs of the estate. Perhaps you have your relatives there. So during a reverse mortgage, um, when you get together and take a look at it, the more you have the more information that you get and you're you're invited to talk to you know attorneys can come in CPAs can come in people that are brothers and sisters of the person that's considering it can come in so you can get a lot of different good solid ideas with regards to that i think yeah absolutely i mean this is why i'm so happy that clint and jeff joined us today because it's not it, maybe we're working on a mortgage but it's not just the mortgage there's a lot of other professionals that's important to involve in a financial decision as large as anything having to do with a home or multi-hundred thousand dollar loan. Yeah, right? you never want to go into a decision by yourself, right? I mean, most of the people that get referred to us are being referred from a real estate agent, a CPA, a financial planner, perhaps a relative that's done a loan with us already. And, and we invite them to say, hey, if you need more information other than what we're providing, please come down and we'll explain it you know, we, yeah, we're, we are a detail. team. All of us are a team. We love working with Clint, love working with Jeff. And, and uh, yeah, it's it, it, as, a, as a borrower, if you're interested in any of these uh, products, amass your team. Yeah, get your team together, get the you get your questions answered and kind of, uh, you know, put together a good financial plan because the more, you know, obviously, you know, the more knowledge you have about a certain topic, uh, the better decision you're going to make overall for you and your family. Folks, we got to run to break. Uh, we will be right back in a moment. And thanks for listening to On the House. All pro defensive end Cliff Averill goes head-to-head -head with PRMI's mortgage advisor, Harry Christ. Harry, I ran a 40 in 4.5 seconds. I posted a 30-year fix under 4%. I benched over 450 pounds. I moved houses. Wow. You ever win a national title? PRMI is a four-time top national lender. I'm sold. Primary residential mortgage. Call 206-809-PRMI. NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender.
Hey, it's Story Monson with my new friend Barb, a fellow 3010 Weight Loss for Life client. And Barb, how much weight have you lost so far? 57 pounds. And you were telling me you had a real exciting moment of revelation. I've been flying forever, and I've always had to ask for a seatbelt extender. But then when the flight attendant brought me over the seatbelt extender, I said, look, I don't need it. It fits. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. And I'm clapping, and she's <laughs> high-fiving, and the people next to me are high-fiving, you know. <laughs> so, so when that seatbelt clicked in, that click was, <laughs> was your moment of triumph. Uh, yeah, it was heard around the world as far as I was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah, it was, it was really great. Barb, it is inspiring to talk to you. Now it's your turn. Find the location nearest you. 3010 Weight Loss for Life. 855-843-3010. That's 855-843-3010. Come on, after hearing Barb's story, you've got to get motivated to do it for yourself now. 3010weightlossforlife.com. Millions of Americans dream of owning a home. Yeah! Primary Residential Mortgage has already helped a quarter million of those Americans get there with a local team right here in the Puget Sound area and as one of the nation's leading and most established mortgage lenders. PRMI will provide you and your family with an incredible finance program to match your specific needs, helping you to start living that dream. This will be the sitting room. This will be my office. And this will be the... Your dream may be closer than you think. Call Primary Residential Mortgage, 206-809-PRMI. That's 206-809-PRMI. We bought a house, people. Primary Residential Mortgage. Your dreams, right at home. 206-809-PRMI. Woohoo! Primary Residential Mortgage, NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender. Football is more than what happens on game day. It's about hard work and dedication off the field that leads to success. If you're looking to buy a house in this competitive market, you want a team committed to excellence day in and day out. This is All-Pro Defensive End Cliff Averill for Primary Residential Mortgage. Looking to buy a home? Start by picking the right team. Primary Residential Mortgage. Call 206-809-PRMI at PRMIPugetSound.com. Primary Residential Mortgage, NMLS 3094. PRMI is an equal housing lender. Get your real estate and mortgage questions answered on the house. Call 844-ON-THE-HOUSE. Now, back to On the House with your host, Harry Christ. What? Shut the front door. My... What, what is that? Do we have a cat in there? Someone's <laughs> stepping on a cat? I, yeah, I don't know why. Uh, don't uh, shut the door on the cat. Don't shut but, the door on the cat. Yeah, poor cat. My my favorite part about my job is that no one loan or scenario is equal to the next one. Every single person we work with is unique and different. And God, you get some really just amazing, fun success stories. And I was talking to Clint earlier today. And Clint, God, you have one of the coolest stories that I've heard. Tell us a little bit about your shut the front door story. All right. Well, when, when, when my client originally brought this proposition to me, it almost gave me a, a bit of a heart attack because he, uh, he wanted to build his dream home and he had his current home. It still had a $125,000 mortgage on it. And he just wanted to put in plans in place to take it to the ground and start building brand new. And so, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay. So he had a home Yes, that was good to live in. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it, it had a mortgage wrong on with it. it. Nothing wrong with it at all. And it had. And then he tore it down. And then he took tore the it down. bulldozer to it. <laughs> well, first he had to get a construction loan. Okay, and that's then, good. And then pay off the mortgage. Because we don't want to tear the house down. Yeah, that the do mortgage. Not tear your house down. <laughs> that with the, the mortgage is tied yes. to. Yes. Right, right. Hey, that has happened. It is. I know. Totally it's happened. happened. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, go ahead. All right, all right. And so before he goes and, and takes the bulldozer to the house, we want to make sure that, you know, you aren't just financially crippling yourself, right? Good so financial advice. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, we, we are still saving for retirement after this, after you're, you know, making debt payments on this new house, that you are still being, that you will still be able to retire. And once you've retired, that you have enough money there to be able to enjoy your dream home in retirement and not have to sell it in order to meet your expenses. And so there was a lot that had to go right in order for that to, to happen. And you know what? Plans change, and they change a lot. And, and for him, he, he ran into problems with the city. He ran into problems with his neighbors. And, y- you know, it, it, it's going to happen. And the plan has to adapt to, to your situation. And so 
for for him, he had some family that was that were contractors, and and so he really leveraged them. He really leveraged me and our whole team at Ameriprise. And for him, he's he's going to be able to retire and live in his dream home. And it's all because he he sought out proper advice and got it. Because he had a good team behind him. They, I would not recommend just taking the bulldozer to the house that currently has a mortgage. Yeah, that would be not good. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it. But if it's your dream, Kyle. Oh, oh, yeah. Doesn't matter. I'll take the bulldozer to the house either way. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, uh, the reality there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, is that you gave him some good financial planning that kind of helped set the, the building blocks in place. He didn't know about his neighbors. He didn't know about the city. You know, he's not probably thinking about those what-if situations. Well, what if this happens and what if that happens, right? That's yeah. a Financial planners are great for what-if questions, Put right? that team together. Yeah, Put yeah. And, and, Harry, and Harry, the, the, the plan did run over budget, but because we kept proper reserves in place, you know, he he's still able to meet his financial goals long-term. Outstanding. That's awesome. So that's great. Great little story. There. Jeff, what do you got? Okay. Well, and to, to Clint's point, the proper reserves is important. So in, in my situation, I was dealing with a client who came, there's a lot of uh, preconceived notions that you have when you're buying a house. So one of the things that is often stated is this idea of having a 20% down payment when you're buying that house. Oftentimes when I'm working with clients, they, they're scraping together to try to organize all of their finances to get that 20% down. And in, in this situation, as we're starting to go through the process of designing the house that they want to buy, the loan that they want to get, the client was uncomfortable with this idea of liquidating all of their stock, all of their investments to and their cash to get to this 20% down. So through the advice of uh, working with a qualified team like PRMI, PRMI we were it's able PRMI. To, PRMI. There you PRMI. Go. <laughs> there you go. We were we we're able to kind of to focus on looking at the different payoff options that they have or different down payment options. Anything from a five percent to a twenty percent. And at the end of the day, we actually elected not to go with the twenty percent loan. We want something much lower. And the benefit of that was, you know, it is a little bit more expensive, but they had a whole bunch of money in reserves that, in my opinion, I'm not necessarily concerned about the cost of debt because the cost of debt on a mortgage tends to be fairly low. And in their particular case, it allowed them to keep a lot more reserves. They felt a lot more comfortable going into this new venture of this huge house that they're getting into, and it allowed them to stay invested. Well, it it gives them peace of mind because now they have liquid funds should something go wrong because if you take – if you – liquidate everything. You put it into your house. You get 20% down. Yes, you won't have to pay mortgage insurance, but you can't access that 20% if anything comes Yeah, a lot can happen, right? I mean, you want to be liquid. You want to have the cash reserves in case of what-if scenarios, right? You don't know when the next recession is going to hit. You don't know if you're getting a divorce. You you just don't know. So the health, reality health there, issues, yeah, health issues, there's all sorts of things that come up. So good reserves are always important. And, you know, the myth, uh, for lack of a better word, is that everyone needs 20% down. And we've talked about this a lot. You don't need 20% down. And yeah. sometimes even if you have the 20% down, it is not the best move. Mortgage insurance, if you put 20% down, you don't have to pay mortgage insurance. Uh, but the mortgage insurance factor these days with a conventional loan is oftentimes at a fraction of a percent. Uh, so people are liquidating their entire retirement. They're living on the edge because they don't have any more liquid funds left uh, to save this fraction of percentage point, which oftentimes can be made up by leaving the funds in those money-making accounts, right? Those money-making funds that you guys have. Kyle, absolutely. I think one of the things that we say in the financial planning is expect the unexpected. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about that unexpected, that loss of job, that economy turndown, all these different things that we know are eventually going to happen, plan for that. So this is the idea of looking at those reserves and making sure that you have appropriate actions and you just have doors that you can walk through. Um, Other examples of that would be a home equity line of credit on your current house. Not that you intend to use that, but it's really nice to have that as a backup backup cash reserve. Yeah. How many loans in a month actually put down 20%. Very, I very would say small percentage. Yeah. You know, and, and we call listing agents a lot of times. Listing a agents lot. always want when when there's multiple offers, the seller wants to go with the surest bet, right? Yeah. And so if there's uh, an offer where someone's only putting 10 or 5% down, the listing agent will oftentimes, if it's a good offer, they'll call us to say, hey, you know, it looks like there's only 5, 10% down. 
can the borrower do anything more? Like, why why are they only putting five percent down? What if what if the appraisal comes back low? Do they have money to bridge a low appraisal? And oftentimes, this happens more and more, especially with Amazon. What they've done uh, over the past few years is I'm telling these these listing agents, hey, yeah, uh, I know it's only five percent down, but that's because they wanted to leave a lot of their liquid funds in their RSUs at Amazon or over in their stock options at Microsoft. Sometimes it just makes a lot more sense to leave the money where it's at and do the minimum down payment and pay a little bit of mortgage. Insurance. Yeah, when you look at the growth of rate, uh, excuse me, the growth of rate on um, you know producing uh, income that you have coming in versus, well, what if I tie up all my money and dump it into the house? Yeah, the house is going to appreciate at the same print. What do you put? Right. 5%, 20%, 50%, the house can appreciate the same. Yeah, so many great programs uh, with less than 20%, right? So we right. had we addressed it last week, and our highlight was, you know, there's FHA with 3.5%. There's conforming with as little as 3%. There's Washington State Bond. There's VA, USDA. All Yeah, so Washington State Housing <laughs> Finance Commission is a Fannie Mae loan, 3% down, but they'll give you a 4 or 5% down payment assistance right. to not only bridge the down payment but also cover some of the closing costs. And then VA and USDA, uh, 100% financing, no down payment required, and no mortgage insurance. Yeah, USDA is a great loan. I love it. Uh, it's out in the outskirts, obviously, usually, you know, the, for in the suburbs. Yeah. It's for rural America. But Arlington, if you're north of Arlington, Monroe East, uh-huh. North Bend, Maple Valley, and then uh, it just kind of goes down the... Uh, yeah, the and a lot of there. homes east, you know, uh, into Vantage, into, you know, uh, different areas east, Spokane, especially those areas. Uh, if you want information on USDA, loans or any type of loan that we've talked about, obviously, you can go to our website. And Kyle, Mr. Co-host, where's our website? Where do people go to to find information about us? PRMIPugetSound.com. So we also have all of our first-time home buying classes there. We have a we have an amazing uh, Seattle office where we have this schoolroom where we can teach and talk to consumers about all the different we, loan we programs. Built, we built our office around education and really serving others first. We want to succeed by serving others first. That is our tagline. That's our motto. Uh, and everything we do is centered around that. And so almost, I think, every single loan officer we have teaches one or two first-time homebuyer classes per week. Right. Yeah, yeah and those and are all listed on the website if you guys are interested. Yeah, and, take a peek at the website, folks, because there's a lot of great information. There's never any type of commitment either with any of our classes. So uh, I'd like to kind of go to Jeff. Jeff, if people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that? Well, you can simply just look up Jeffrey Mution on Google, and it'll pop up right there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What, are, what are we going to find? It's all good stuff there. But, uh, no, they can give my office a call at 425-640-8636, or just look up Ameriprise online. There's a lot of great advisors out there that can help you. Clint, if folks wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Well, they can simply Google me, uh, Clint Campbell, uh, CFP, and my phone number is 425-640-8632. Kyle, how do folks get a hold of us? Well, if you Google me, you will find that there is a Kyle Berquist who is also an MMA fighter. That is not me. MMA. I am the loan originator. The loan originator. Here we go. So how do people reach you? Numbers 425-478-0961 or go to our website, click the contact box, and you can fill that out. That goes to us as well. Yeah, so 206-809-PRMI. Use that phone number, folks. Give us a call. Let us know you're there. Give us a call anytime, Monday through Friday. We'd love to help you with your mortgage needs. On behalf of uh, On the House Radio, uh, I've been Harry. My name's Harry Christ, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week.